So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, and welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast, folks. We have just the best episode tonight. Uh, Star-studded guests joining the show to finish off our Divisional Breakdown series. Uh, I suppose our guests would say, saving the best division for last, uh, talking the AFC East. Uh, I am your host, Dustin Lunt. Of course, I have my co-host with the most, Jake Trowbridge. Jake, how are you doing, sir? I I have the most tonight. Suck it, everybody. I have the most <laughs> and you don't. Uh, I'm doing terrific, Dustin. I'm ready to get this thing going. All right. Well, let's uh, go around the room here and I will introduce our guests. Uh, feel free to tell us what you're about, where we can find you, all those sorts of good things that you want to promote here right off the bat. Uh, so we will start uh, with Victoria Geary, our resident Bills fan in the house today. How are you doing? You Bills Mafia. Let's go. I'm good. How are you guys? Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to talk some smack with my favorite dudes here. You can find me at FFB underscore Victoria, putting out content for Ball Blast and Football Guys, having Austin Eckler article coming out soon for Football Guys. Let's take a look out for that. It's one of my guys this year. (laughs) Yes, and and I uh, forgot to mention first-time guests of the show, and so welcome to the show. It's lit. More guns. Uh, I'm giving you more finger guns. That's how excited (laughs) I am. And uh, return guest, we have Troy King representing the Dolphins. Good evening, sir. What's up, y'all? Well, I appreciate you guys inviting me. Oof, in terms of things I got going on, I, I lose count sometimes. But um, So I'm also part of Football Guys, and I do a mailbag show on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Victoria is actually guest spotting, hosting with me next week on the show. I normally do it with Dave Kluge, but he's going to be on vacation, so I'm excited for that. I'm also one of the co-hosts of Fantasy Football Confidential. We air on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time during the off-seasons every other Wednesday. I also do um, a pod called Superpower Beatdown with Laquan Jones, as well as Marcus Grant from the NFL Network. It's a step outside of fantasy, but we talk about like Marvel, comic book stuff like Marvel, DC, and even anime. So it's a fun kind of different thing if you ever want to break from fantasy. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. But um, but yeah, that's what I got going on. I have a Nick Chubb article coming out for um Ball. Sorry, not, no, I was going to Ball Blast too. Football guys. <laughs> Troy, we need an Uh, entire episode to introduce your other projects, I think. We legitimately have to have a half hour long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And time. We're done. Yeah, and I didn't didn't understand that one thing you said when you need a break from fantasy football. I just, I didn't think that existed for people. I thought once you're in the community, it's like, that's all you do. I, that, it feels like it. It definitely feels like it for sure. And I love it. I mean, love every second of it. If I didn't, I wouldn't be able to get to talk to you guys. So, Aw, <laughs> you, you son of a bee. Tug the heartstrings. I love it. <laughs> All right. And then we have another returning guest with us, Mike 
Baylor, I think yeah, I got it. Nailed it, nailed it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh, first time. Like, oh, last time. I threw it up on the show to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, uh, what can I say? I don't like the number. Right, right, twice Mike? in a day. No, that's solid. I, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I'm not with football guys, but uh, hey, Joe Bryant, you know, holler. Uh, I, I can be bought, really. It's not hard. Um, but <laughs> uh, basically, I just mess around on Twitter now. I uh, I do write for the Agent Cooler uh, with Sal Pal, uh, C.D. Carter, and Cooter Doodle. Uh, my last article was about my fishbowl experience. And coming out, you guys hot off the presses. I literally just wrote the first sentence to my next article, uh, which is going to be Trash Talk 101 with Daddy. Uh, so that will be coming out sometime between tomorrow and July, uh, depending on when I get around <laughs> to actually finishing it. So uh, that will be the next one coming out on Aging Cooler. Uh, pretty much, I'm, I'm just kicking around doing guest spots with my friends, having fun. And, uh, I mean, what's more fun than this? I am on drinking and talking fantasy football with some of my favorite people. So this is why I like kind of just being a free agent because I get to do cool shit whenever I feel like it. So <laughs> Part of the yes, cool well, shit club. I like it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for joining the show. Uh, before we get into talking about all of your favorite teams here. We always have a couple house cleaning items here. Uh, first thing, if you all are joining us in the drinking aspect of the show, uh, why don't we all share what we're drinking? Jake, hit us off. I get to kick us off because this is one, I just presented it to Dustin on his doorstep earlier. We haven't had this in a long time, but it's a local favorite. And I wanted a beer that accurately represented the vibe of tonight. It's called Batshit Crazy by Mobcraft Brewery. It's a coffee brown ale. I just felt like it was our ethos here. So that's what I have gone mm-hmm. with. Oh, and it is such a good beer. I'm glad you chose this one. There's nothing like a good coffee beer. Love it. Oh, so good. So good. All right, Mike. Okay, so, to you. Yeah, Victoria said we should go around this week. She forgot her drink and to play it cool. Um, so. <laughs> you read so, the quiet part out loud. <laughs> I do that. It never put the quiet part in front of me. Uh, so I have Mosaic IPA. That is from Lost Nation. Shout out Morrisville, Vermont. Uh, this little hole in the wall, end of a bike path brewery. Can't beat it. Uh, this is their flagship IPA, a little lighter than I usually go, but hey, it's summer and uh, I'm fat, so here we are. Uh, but lovely, lovely IPA. So if you're ever in the uh, Vermont area, go ahead and check them out. One of my favorite breweries of all time. Right Sounds delicious. All right, Troy, you're up next. So I'm going to be that guy who actually is not drinking tonight, guys. So you know what it is? Okay. The reason why, right? There's a bunch of reasons why, but I'm trying to – there's a reason why there's a Thursday Thursday, right? I'm trying to be the <laughs> symbol of Thursday Thursday, so I can't be drinking, you know, during the week. I, I, I'm good. I'm on a diet and stuff, but on the weekends and Fridays, you know, sometimes they're cheap. But today, I'm not. I got to make sure I'm focused. With a drinking talking fancy pie. I'm I'm gonna be that loser today, but look, y'all drink for me. <laughs> Trust me, I wish I was right there with y'all. So, so I'm, drink, I'm drinking, drinking yeah, and you're talking fantasy. Does that mean I can just go on mute and we can get hammered while Troy talks football? I mean, I could do that. Oh, okay. I have a lot of practice. <laughs> I think we're accountable for that at this point. No, we never shame anybody for not drinking on this show, of course. We always say we can pick up the slack if necessary when necessary. So, yeah. all good, Troy. You're staying on brand and I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you have more willpower than I do. All right, Victoria, you're back. I was afraid you were going to shame me, so I ran to get, to get a drink because I forgot. 
I'm gonna crack it. It's June Shine Hard Kombucha. It's awesome. Don't make you can still make fun of me, but it's freaking awesome. And it's a nice, it's a nice switch up from a beer or a, you know Tito's vodka. That's my go-to. I've never vibed on kombucha right. before, uh, but I, I feel like I'm missing out, honestly, a little bit by not having tried it. So I had my first one last week, and it is it is a delicious little drink of. Of like yeah that people like and I drank it so <laughs> that all kind of comes together into one. Um, it went right to my head though, Victoria. So I don't know how you handle that because I I just just that went right upstairs. I was like, whoa. That's just well, we'll we'll see. I am a little bit of a lightweight. We'll we'll uh, we'll have some fun here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get fucking crazy in forty five minutes. I'll tell you. That. <laughs> <sighs> all right. No, well. I was thinking, though, I had a comment before we jump in. Someone commented on my post promoting the show and said, the poor Jets fans have no support. What Jets fans? <laughs> oh, I, I even, no, funny, I completely forgot about them. Like, I did, it didn't even cross my mind to invite them. Can, I, can I tell you, we did, not, we did not forget yeah. about them. Yeah. There's nothing we like more than leaving somebody out so that everybody gets to pile on that one team for the episode. Yep. Oh, uh, yes. We've been consistently doing this for every every division. So that is We left low. out – who was it for the NFC North that we left out, Dustin? We left out somebody. Very uh, good. The not Vikings? Good. I mean, no. No, we had Bears. Bears. We left uh, out Bears. Bears. Yeah. Uh, and it's oh. just – as Pat okay. Homers ourselves, there's nothing we like more than piling on to somebody that can't defend themselves. That's right. So that's what we're going to do with the Jets here tonight. <laughs> Damn. Um, but before we, before we start trash talking the Jets, Dustin, dare we get into our favorite part of the episode? Yes, let's. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. This week's drunk trade comes to us from Twitter at Substance D3, submitted with only this context, quote, beers in the garden, end quote. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of garden, if it was actually his backyard garden, if it was like a beer garden. I don't know, and I don't care at this point. All I care about is this. So it's a one quarterback, PPR Dynasty League, no tight end premium. Keep that in part in mind here. So received... A.J. Brown. Nice. I wanted to bring this trade up specifically because, as we all nice. know, Julio just got traded to the Titan. So he got A.J. Brown, got himself a share, but That's sent good. away George Kittle and mm -hmm. Chase Claypool. All right. So, again, no tight end premium. A.J. Brown for Kittle and Claypool. Folks, let's go around the horn. What do we think here? Victoria, let's start with you. Any... Uh, any words to share with this person who is now the proud recipient of an A.J. Brown trade? I think I like it, honestly. I think I like it. I like the value. I think I don't think either side really got fleeced, though I'd like to see a fleece. I wish you had a fleece on here. That would be fun. A.J. Brown, everyone's got an opinion. Even everyone's mother has an opinion from the Julio trade and... Everyone's either saying he's going to be double covered and he's going to stink and he's not a wide receiver one, or it's AJ Brown to the moon now that, you know, so, um, I like it. I'd take the AJ Brown side. Kittle, Kittle's going to be a beast still, but I have a little spicy of a take here. I'd rather have, I think my top three tight ends are now Kelsey Waller, Pitts, Kittle. Woo! And, oh, Cla shit. and Claypool is, 
a fantastic talent. I did see a tweet today that was like, let's not let's not forget that when we say we take A play over B player, we're not saying this other person sucks. Like everyone is very talented. I, I Claypool is a is a beast, but he's boomer bust. He's boomer bust every single week, and I don't see him getting out of that role this year in particular. So I like the AJ Brown side. Right on. Troy, can you can you get on board with that? Are you also on the AJ Brown side? What do you think? I think so. I mean, main reason is because it's not tight end premium. Obviously, I would like to have a stud tight end like George Kittle. And Claypool, obviously, just like Victoria said, he's a solid asset. But I think AJ Brown is one of the top receivers in the league. So because of that, and you know, and just because it's not tight end premium, I think it's fine. I'll go to AJ Brown side. Right on. Yeah, AJ Brown, uh, pretty pretty clear for me actually, and and not like I'm not going to say buy a ton or anything like that. I just want to not even it's not even not close. Even close. <laughs> not not going to do it's, any of those garbage moves. It's it's not a bad trade if if you're looking for a tight end. I mean, obviously, not seeing the rosters makes it difficult. Uh, but I would go as far as saying that I would wager that AJ Brown and a waiver wire type tight end, let's say Gerald Everett, for example, would outscore Chase Claypool and George Kittle. Uh, you know, Let's look at Claypool as a whole and the fact that his hot season came to a screeching halt in December, right about the time that Juju Smith started picking it up again and becoming the player that we expected him to be. Claypool had basically 100-yard game and one touchdown in his last, what, six or seven games here. He just stopped. I mean, he got off to a hot start when people weren't paying attention to him. They started covering him. There is a lot of players in Pittsburgh. There is an aging quarterback with elbow concerns. And there's really no heir apparent that we're aware of with Pittsburgh. And the problem is, is that you have to think the team is talented enough, given their defense, that they're going to stay in it, that they're not going to get one of these elite talents when you look at the draft next year as well. So the combo of the two really has me a little more hesitant on the Pittsburgh wide receivers than probably a lot of people are. So I, I am very much A.J. Brown uh, on this one just because I think he is the irreplaceable guy of that group uh, out of the three, and I like getting the best player in the trade. Boy, we got a hat trick. Dustin, are you going to go with whatever more than a hat trick is? What's a, what's a four? <laughs> is it a four trick? Is it a quad trick? I don't know. Are you on the A.J. Brown side? Quad trick. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, AJ Brown is an elite wide receiver. We've seen it, you know, the three years he's been in the league now. Uh, and now he's got Julio across from him, which will help take away that coverage. Uh, and especially in dynasty, you know, I love that long-term, uh, supposed long-term, uh, asset there. And George Kittle, you know, he's been injured. You know, I hate to use the word injury prone, but he, he plays football the way it should be very tough. And that is, leads to injuries. And then Claypool, I just expect regression out of him this year, uh, mainly because last year uh, he scored a crap ton of touchdowns and that is most likely to regress. So that's why I am on the AJ Brown side. I so badly want to be contrarian right now just to be that guy. So we don't all go uh, in lockstep here, but I can't, I can't do it. I want AJ Brown, but I will say that in terms of drunk trades, this is actually pretty good. I mean, first of all, you're the drunk person and you got A.J. Brown. So mm -hmm. congratulations. Also, Linda popping in the chat. Yeah. Giving shout out to really um, just Victoria. Yeah. 
I want to say that first, I've known Linda longest, and I'm one of her co-hosts, so we're going to talk about that later, Linda. <laughs> mm-hmm. Girl gang for life. Sundays are for the girls. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. All right. Well, that was a fun drunk trade. Dustin, before I, I <laughs> kick it over to you to take us through all of these wonderful teams, but mostly just the three that we have represented, I do have to mention that this week's episode of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football is presented to you by Monkey Knife Fight. So look, it's the off season. I know there's lulls happening right now, but if you follow literally any other sport, or even if you don't, you can go over to monkeyknifefight.com. You can still get your uh, your your wagers placed there on an over and under, maybe both. Who knows? But it's very simple daily fantasy football games or fantasy other sports games, like Hiolai or something probably. Go to monkeyknifefight.com. Use promo code DTFF, and when you sign up, they'll match your opening deposits up to $50. Can't ask for more than that. MonkeyNightFight.com, DTFF. All right. Thank you, Jake, for that. Now, let's get into this because I am excited to hear everyone's opinions here on their teams and the one team that's not uh, represented. So uh, my my disclaimer here that I've had to start because uh, previous guests have given me shit about it. Uh, I'll go through notable additions and losses. I use notable loosely. Um just because there tends to be a lot of garbage players in there, but uh, at one point probably had some fantasy relevance. So uh, don't give me a hard time for that, please, as I'm doing this. (laughs) Wait until after. (laughs) That's right. So we're going to start off with the New York Jets here. I figure let's bag on them first, and then we can get on uh, with the rest of it. So they finished fourth in the division at 2-14. and Notable losses, again, just please bear with me on this. Uh, Joe Flacco and Brashad Perryman. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'll go on mute, Sam. I mean, in in fairness, Perryman would still be the best wide receiver on that team, but whatever. Oh, my God. Save the hot takes for a minute. I disagree, but we'll, we'll talk about that. All right, and then well, they it brought wasn't a in... question, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then they brought in Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, Tyler Croft, and Tevin Coleman, uh, and then the draft uh, drafted their QB in, of the future of the present, Zach Wilson. Uh, in the second, they drafted Elijah Moore, wide receiver, and in the fourth, running back Michael Carter. So, let's start with Zach Wilson. What is our expectations for him this season? Uh, do we mid-range QB2, low-end QB2? Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a low. Mike, yeah, you, you have so many hot takes about the Jets. Why don't we just kick him off right now? <laughs> he's, he's a low-end QB2. I, I joke about Rashad Perryman, but I do think, I mean, one of the best things they got for him was Elijah Moore. Uh, so having that kind of safety blanket. I think the thing that makes me nervous about Zach Wilson is that he's going to a big city and a pressure situation, and that's really the part that you're not going to be able to see until the game start. Uh, incredibly talented kid, realistically. I mean, we, we can make all the jokes we want about him looking like he's four years old, but, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a talent. Uh, you know, he's a player, but he's going to New York and what he doesn't have is a solid running game to bail him out. 
he doesn't have a top five defense to make it so he can game manage. He doesn't have all the things that you look for. He doesn't have that safety blanket of a, like a veteran tight end, for example. Like what I don't think the Jets have done for Zach Wilson is put him in a situation that normally you need a rookie to have to thrive. Um, his, his best wideout options are a rookie and a redshirt rookie, if you will, in Denzel Mims. I, I don't believe that Crowder will be on the roster uh, come week one. His tight end uh, has played, what, a total of 17 games over the course of his career. Um, not that he's not talented. He's just never there. Uh, and his running backs, we're not even really sure who the starter is, and we think that it will be Michael Carter, who was a timeshare in college. So realistically, what makes us think that we aren't going to see an immense amount of pressure, probably more than any other rookie quarterback on Zach Wilson? And how is he going to hold up to that pressure? Big city having to carry a less than talented squad and probably playing from behind most games. I mean, that's just not a situation that makes me think that this kid has been given really a great chance to thrive. And that's what makes me nervous about him. We have seen very talented rookie quarterbacks crumble under similar situations. The worst part about being a high-end rookie quarterback is you're almost always going to a less than stellar team, which is what the Jets are. He didn't luck out like Trevor Lawrence did and realistically have a multitude of weapons to rely on. He ended up with the second pick. I mean, even Trey Lance obviously has a stud defense with him. So all of these rookies, Justin Fields, similar. Zach Wilson is the one that went to a structure that makes me nervous. First time head coach, not a stud defense, not a stud running game, and not a good safety blanket. I want the best for the kid. I just don't see the situation being one that's good for a rookie quarterback. And that's why I have him low in QB2 and hope that they can help build around him in a second year because I just don't see it as a rookie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was well said. Um, yeah, I, I actually happen to like what the Jets are doing as far as their coaching staff now and kind of how they're trying to build this team. I think they you know brought in some really good foundational pieces uh, in this draft, not just obviously fantasy relevant players, but uh, you know, kind of focusing on the O line and, and the defense a little bit. Uh, Troy, how do you feel about Zach Wilson, and what do you see his potential ceiling as far as fantasy goes? So, how I feel about Zach Wilson, I currently have him ranked as QB twenty eight. I just don't see a lot of upside. Maybe his rookie year. The benefits are that he's a big arm and he's a mobile guy, right? So that's obviously going to help with you know that's what makes him attractive for fantasy. Granted, in terms of the draft, I personally believe that Justin Fields should have been the second QB off the board, but that's not, you know, a knock to Zach Wilson. I think he's fine, but I just don't see him being that relevant in terms of the overall fantasy landscape in year one. I do look at, like what they're doing for the future, maybe year two, year three. I think that maybe he can actually make a little bit of noise, but this year I'm a little bit skeptical, kind of like Mike was saying. I mean, I think Corey Davis will actually be a fine, maybe. I, I, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one on the team. That's not saying much because it's the Jets, but I believe out of all the options, I think Denzel Mims is like a fine, like, dynasty guy. But if I had to pick, like, a wide receiver that I think Zach Wilson's going to target in terms of who's going to be the safety blanket, there's not a lot of options, but I think it maybe is going to be Corey Davis. I think that he's the most talented receiver on that roster right now. 
They don't have a running game, so I think that's really going to hurt. They have been working on the offensive line, so I think that might help a little bit. I mean, it's not great, but you know, they, I think that's something that's going to be beneficial for them, right? Maybe have a little bit of time in the pocket, but I'm I'm kind of tempering expectations. I'm not super excited about them. I still think the Jets are going to be the worst team in the division. So year one, I think he's he's and if you're like looking for him in terms of like super flex, he should be like your QB three or four and redraft oh, and, and redraft. If you're like, you know, if you play super flex, you know, redraft, you shouldn't even be thinking about him. So that's my opinion on him. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Nobody wants this guy this year. Nah, <laughs> this year. Want anything to do with him this year? Nah, nah. He's <laughs> my, I was just looking to, I think I haven't ranked at 26, so it's not terribly debilitating, but uh, you could get him for cheap. I'm sure in a redraft league, I just, I don't want I don't want any piece of this offense unless I'm getting Michael Carter late in a redraft or uh, Corey Davis. I'm with Troy as well. I think Corey Davis will be the wide receiver one on that team, and I think he'll surprise a lot of people. Uh, he's I think he was a wide receiver too last year with the Titans, though he had 92 targets. I don't know if he's going to have that with the Jets this year, but. Uh, I don't. I don't like talking about the Jets. If you could, <laughs> I don't think anyone so like wait, wait, Rash- Rashad Perryman or Corey Davis right now. I mean, who, who do you want, Mike? You said that Rashad's better than everybody on the team. So yeah, I don't. Late. I, I don't. I don't, want, I don't want either of them. Um, I think Elijah, <laughs> Elijah Moore will lead the Jets in receiving as a rookie. I think because of the position he's going to be in, because of the type of player he is, and because of the way that I think Wilson's going to have to play to survive. Uh, I think that it's going to be Wilson. I don't – I like Corey Davis in the Tennessee offense. I do not like him in this offense. I, I think you're going to be looking at the slot receiver and the tight end and dump off to the running backs getting a lot of play. Even though that's not Wilson's game, I think realistically to keep the team into it, he's going to have to play that way. Uh, so that's why I'm banking on the rookie being the number one receiver on the Jets. Now – Let's all temper expectations. That's not a breaking endorsement on Elijah Moore. <laughs> um, that, and I do want to everybody else. Yeah, just, just as a heads up, I don't expect any of them uh, to get a thousand yards in this offense. I, I just think it's it's a work in progress, and I hope it comes together. The fans deserve it. Uh, it just it won't be this year. Question before we go to my the best team that we'll talk about this entire night. Um, Whoa, Patriots are first. Are we going by number of championships? Is that the order we're doing? LOL. <laughs> Who had the over-under on 30 minutes before the Patriots rings were proclaimed? I thought it was going to be a mention in the first five minutes. So. It should have been part of your introduction, honestly. You shouldn't have even talked about your articles, Mike. You should have just been like, hey, Mike Fiala, Patriots, I have this many rings as part of a fan of this team. Fucking Jesus. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I, goodness, what was I going to say? Oh, geez. I don't even know if this is worth speaking about, but everyone was so grossed out about the the Jags offense last year. And then James Robinson came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm so, my brain is so biased to hate the Jets. I just don't want to not grab Michael Carter late or somebody like Ty Johnson or someone that might take over this ambiguous backfield and have a chance to have a running back that could be an RB2 or, or a flex, give you flex value and redraft. So I, I hate saying that, but I'm trying to train my brain to not be as biased when I'm drafting. So No love for Michael P. Ryan? No, no. 
No. So His I name is P9. It's not so ambiguous, really, this backfield. <laughs> no, no, no. There was a, there was a, a report that said Tevin Coleman's going to have, uh, because of his familiarity with Salah, I think he's going to have the lead in the backfield. Like, no, he's, no, he's not. He's going to break his left pinky toe tomorrow. But he'll have one amazing best ball game. I don't know which one it will be, but it will be insane. <laughs> Four touchdowns and 240 yards one oh game. He'll God. have 304 for the year. But one game he will go off every well. year. <laughs> and here's the thing. I think Tevin Coleman, if you're going to take a shot on somebody, I think it has to be Coleman and redraft, right? In terms of dynasty, yeah, Michael Carter, you're hoping that – you know, he's going to be something, but let's be honest, right? It is an ambig- ambiguous backfield, but because of the ambiguous backfield, I'm not going to necessarily take my shot on the rookie, right? I'm going to think that they're not just going to give the rookie the lion's share of the work day one, right? He's going to have to earn his spot. Tevin Coleman is Tevin Coleman. Unfortunately, no one's excited about him, but they brought him in for a reason, right? So I think that he's probably going to get his first shot. Ty Johnson, I think we've seen little tiny, you know, we've seen... I guess, I guess overall, we've seen little moments from him last year where he was, you know, <laughs> no, I would say we saw moments where Ty Johnson was doing his thing. So yeah, <laughs> get out of here. Look, stop it. No. <laughs> but, but yeah, so measuring we'll his last name this entire time, by the way. I don't know. All right, Troy, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. No, that's all we had to say. I just think Tevin Coleman's going to be the guy. <laughs> so, so this is interesting because it, it, <laughs> It's a, it's an interesting philosophy because I'm going Carter because I think apparently in the exact opposite way that Troy does. And my opinion <laughs> is that I'm not playing any Jets running back in the first five or six weeks. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I'm going to go Carter thinking that I'm not going to even be touching a running back until after week eight on the Jets when the position becomes clear. And I think if you're going to ever play a Jets running back, which is probably not going to be the case, it's going to be the most talented one, and it's going to be later in the season when this mess clears up. So I'm staying away from the early season running back, which I do think Troy's right. I do think Tevin Coleman is going to get the first bite of the apple. I I just don't think he's going to hold the job. So I want nothing to do with him because there's no way. I'm putting Kevin Coleman in my lineup week one. What could I have possibly done to hurt my <laughs> league mates in such a way that they're forcing me into this situation? Um, but that's why I would go Carter because I'm not playing a Jet until maybe week 10. And like Victoria said, it would be that kind of James Robinson situation where you lucked into a running back one as opposed to drafting one. And I think Carter is by far the most talented running back in this backfield. So if he takes the job and runs with it, you might have a bi-week fill-in RB3 type. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire, um, but I think he'll be the only one that might see my starting lineup if any of them. I'm going to try to avoid it together, but Carter would be the guy I'd bet on. I 1,000% agree with everything that Mike said, right? So for me, just, just for the record, I am not taking any jet at all. But there's, we're, there's still, be... we're still on the Jets, guys. My last thing I'm talking about the Jets, right? The last thing I want to say is that for people who like you know go zero RB, right? There are going to be people who are be looking at whoever is a starting running back. So for those people, that's not me. 
I was saying Tevin Coleman might, you know, be the guy that you might take late if you happen to go zero RB or whatever. But I agree. Like, but I think that Michael Carter, that's someone that I, I believe he's going to be a waiver wire dude that maybe you can get later. I mean, some people might stash him on the bench, but I think other people might, you know, I think he's going to be on waivers. So, you know, around exactly what Mike's saying, he might be relevant later. But we can move on from the Jets. You're right. We, we got to talk about the most important team, the Dolphins. So I completely agree with Antonius. Right, the right. most important team. What's a quarterback 35 I heard today? Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was from the reliable Chris Sims. Get it. I, I, I thought he was right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, if, if you guys actually looked at our show sheet, you would mm-hmm. see that Buffalo is next. I was going to say, list. you know, I didn't. I told you up front, I didn't read it. So, right. um, I, is, I, she put on her hat right before this. So uh, she knows what's up. Yeah, so I'll go See, through. This um, isn't fair because Victoria knows I can never say a bad word about Josh Allen. She knows this. It is an absolutely stacked, stacked deck against me because I love Josh Allen. I I'll, thought I'll, I'll we're, we're going to have to duke it out as to who loves Josh more. And it's really almost <laughs> a tie. And I can't believe I'm saying that because Mike is a Pats fan and his love runs so deep for Josh. I love And him. I respect I that. I really do. Well, I don't love him, so we, we can still talk about it. That's fine. <laughs> I don't love him. <laughs> All right. So Buffalo finished first in the division. He doesn't love you either, okay? <laughs> Shit. Oh, damn. Wow. Contentious. <laughs> All right. So the Bills lost this offseason. Uh, Tyler Croft and John Brown. Ooh, and then they brought in Emmanuel Sanders, Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Breida, and Jacob Hollister. And the only, only fantasy relevant uh, player is six-round wide receiver Marquez Stevenson. So Victoria will be the punt returner. We don't have to talk about him. So why don't you take the floor here for a couple minutes and tell us your thoughts uh, about the Bills and um, you know what what you think this offense uh, and team as a whole can look like this season. About Mitchell Trubisky specifically, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Uh, best backup quarterback in the league. Definitely. <laughs> Considering he was a starter last year, that's not saying much. So moving on. Uh, yeah, they didn't their no their additions were not too too notable. I'm excited to have Sanders on the team, not not from a fantasy standpoint, but just a regular real life fan fandom standpoint. Uh, Brita, I don't think he's going to be seeing much work. And Hollister, eh, we'll see if Zach Ertz lands here uh, anytime soon. That's been in the rumblings here. I don't know if it'll happen. But Josh Allen, he had an MVP-like year last year, right? Second in both, even though he only got two. We'll take it. We'll take it. And I just don't see why. Sean McDermott would go away and Brian Dable would go away from the pass, the passing attack, from the air raid attack. It's worked. They need to be a little bit more balanced. Obviously, in the backfield, there was a lot of struggles last year. But a lot of that was both the talent in the backfield and also the offensive line having injury issues. So, Plus, they have a pretty decently easy schedule, according to the strength schedule articles we're seeing. And obviously, that changes throughout the season, but uh i'm excited for this season and the only team i think that can catch them are the dolphins i don't want to be too nice because troy is here but the patriots though will surprise they're not going to be as garbage as they were last year they will not be 
ringing endorsement there. Mm -hmm. My goodness. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, so since I have a lot to say about all the other teams, but I'll stick with the Bills. Okay, so all right. So Josh Allen, obviously, I can't really say too many bad things, right? I mean, I, he he transformed in every way that you want a quarterback to transform because the first two years – Look, he was horribly inaccurate. You know, there's nothing but bad things you can say in terms of his passing, right? He ran the ball. That's what he was good at. He ran the ball. And he ran the ball very efficiently this year. Obviously, the Stephon Diggs addition was huge. And I believe that, look, I don't, I guess you, I only have good things to say, right? They were dominant. And I'm never going to forget the game that the Dolphins needed to win last year in order to get to the playoffs. And it was a massacre and it was really awful to watch. But um but yeah the Dolph I mean the Bills were just Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. These are my friends. Okay, so the, the, the Bills are the Bills are great. They're gonna I think they're gonna be the best team in the division again. I think they're gonna win the division this year. I mean next year we'll see but I think they're going to win again. I, but to be honest, I personally, I believe they still need a balanced running game, right? I, yeah, they're going to be passing the ball, but you can't just pass the ball every pretty much play, right? I mean, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss were very inefficient last year. So in terms of a weakness, that's their weakness, right? They got to address that. Like you want, you don't want to always have to rely on Josh Allen just passing the ball. Yeah, it worked, but like, what defenses start figuring out, right? And if you have to run the ball, like you want to make sure your running backs are capable. I don't know if it's an offensive line issue and running back issue or both or one of them specifically, but I think that's the main thing that they need. I'm assuming they're going to be working on this offseason. I think they need to bring in Todd Gurley to fix that running situation. Oh, no. They were completely exposed in the game against Kansas City. Completely exposed. So, I mean, they, they took care of Baltimore and got that done and – I feel like you're watching. I was watching the Baltimore game. And I'm like, did we even run the ball once yet? And it was like the fourth quarter. <laughs> but they definitely need to be more balanced. I didn't answer the question though. If Josh can maintain his high level play, certainly yes, I believe so. I just don't see him. It's very tough for fantasy wise for a quarterback to repeat the number one QB one performance. So I wouldn't expect to be drafting him over somebody like Mahomes or. You know, if you've got Dak in your top five, something like that, I I do see him maintaining value, but not quarterback one's going to be hard to uh, replicate. Mm -hmm. Daddy, we're well, waiting for you. Yeah, so I, Victoria knows this. I, I I called Josh Allen being the quarterback one in 2020 uh, in November 2019. I, I took all of your hate and it fueled me to troll all of you fools when you were wrong. And Daddy was right as always. So come sit on Daddy's lap and learn about some football. Uh, so uh, realistically, I, I have Josh Allen as my quarterback too. I, I think he does have such a significantly high floor uh, given the running game and, and being that he is the goal line back, along with having the most efficient wide receiver in the league. I mean, when you look at what Stephon Diggs has done in his career, not just in Buffalo, but even back to Minnesota, uh, he was doing it on such a small amount of targets that now when he's in a high-volume passing attack where he's the number one, how could you not expect him to take off? So Stephon Diggs in redraft, uh, if he's not in your top four, I don't know what games you were watching, but Stephon Diggs belongs there. Now, Troy did mention uh, zero running back people. Uh, I'm not a zero running back guy, but I am heavily influenced by uh, C.D. Carter's running back dead zone where I don't reach for that second running back. So I have been grabbing an awful lot of Zach Moss in the 10th and 11th round. And we'll get to my favorite 
round 10 pick and we talk about my team, the, you know, the, the championship Patriots, uh, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to get there. Um, but really, when you look at the bills, what you have is you have Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs early in drafts. You have Zach Moss later in drafts as a guy who I think is going to get a little more run. I think he is going to have a healthier year in his second year in the league, figuring out the speed. Uh, you're also going to be taking a look at how can you unravel the Gabe Davis Emmanuel Sanders situation. Like who is next up? Are you going to go ceiling or floor? And that is going to be a player. If you pick right, that could be a nice bye week fill-in. Is, is it going to be the veteran in Sanders? Is it going to be Gabe Davis, who we did see, what was it nine touchdowns, Victoria, if I'm not mistaken, he had last year? No, Gabe, had, Gabe had seven. Seven? Okay. Right under Stefan Dix had eight. He was okay, right Which is where it counts, Troy. That's and where it counts. And obviously has the smallest feet in the NFL because he was half an inch from having no catches <laughs> and somehow came up with 150 yards. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I think dainty that really – Dainty toes, that guy. Yeah, very dainty and curled. Uh, curled like a like a, like a Toe drag swags. Um, yeah. But realistically, you're talking about two high-end talents and then some potential – uh, flyers. This is not, this is a team that's built around Josh Allen and the defense. That's not going to change this year. I was praying to the football gods that Chris Carson was going to land there. Like that oh. was my dream. Uh, somehow that didn't happen. Then I'm like, all right, well, still in play for Javonta. It's, then somehow Javonta Williams goes to Denver instead. And, and we're just sitting here with an ambiguous backfield again. I'm putting my chips on Zach Moss because you have to pick somebody because this is a prolific offense and, you know, they are going to have red zone chances. So when you're looking at that kind of avoiding the dead zone and getting your RB2 later in the draft, you want somebody who's going to get a crack at those six-point carries. And I think that Zach Moss is one of the better candidates for that this year. Uh, I do think that they will win the East this year. Uh, they will probably not run away with it like they did because I think the other teams are, are picking it up a lot more. But my concern is for Buffalo, and I do love Bill's Mafia. I do love Josh Allen. I think they blew a chance to become a serious Super Bowl contender this offseason. I think you mentioned the additions to the team. And I, I, I did not like what they did this offseason. I think realistically what was exposed in the playoffs last year still exists. So I don't see them as a true title contender. I see them as an AFC East champion and probably a first or second round knockout, which makes me sad because I do want to see them win it all. And I think they had a couple moves they could have made to make that happen that they failed to. So I, I like but don't love that team this year. Harsh, harsh but fair. I think, Mike, mm -hmm. uh, you're not suggesting like we we see the heartbreak that we saw when they went to like back to back to back to back Super Bowls and then didn't. We're, <laughs> no, we're not, we're not projecting that, that, right? No, no. I mean, as hilarious as that was, uh, no, I don't. I don't think that'll happen again because you have to make the Super Bowl for that to happen. And oh my goodness! I, I just, I just don't see it. I, I, I think they're. Uh, they're a top ten team and not a top five. That's that's right. Every year is our year, okay? Every I, I, year. I believe in you. you know it. You you don't want to hear it, Victoria, but you know that they could have done more this offseason. Oh, I agree with every single word you said. You know, I, I'm not putting my blinders on. Obviously, I'm excited for the season and I think they will win the the AFC East, but I'm with you. I'm worried because I I don't know that they addressed the things they needed to address. I completely agree with you.
Mm-hmm. So, Mike, you made it pretty clear that you would rather have Zach Moss out of this backfield. Uh, mm-hmm. Victoria, Troy, what do you two think? If you had to pick one to be the lead back to, to have the most fantasy value for you for this season alone, um, who are you taking? Well, if you didn't know this, Antonio Williams was number three in points per game, uh, minimum one game played. but fucking crush that one game (laughs) crush it no I'd I'd take Moss as well I think I've said this before I think we know who Singletary is and what he can do at this point I think Moss they're gonna give him another shot he's the they're a similar size but he'll he'll be a better goal line back Singletary's a pass catching back I'd rather take the shot on Moss Mm -hmm. Troy uh I've actually been more on the devil's Devin Singletary camp but I've been I, it's so 50-50 for me. I, I, to be honest, I like Devin Singletary better as a player, but it's the way that the Bills seem to be using Moss where I might go Moss. Playing Devin's advocate right there. Hey. I <laughs> <laughs> nice. How long have you been to say that? <laughs> I, read, I wrote it down in my journal weeks ago, and this is the first opportunity <laughs> I've had. So thank you, Troy, for setting that up for me. Making a dream come true. You're very I almost welcome. just spit my drink out. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. And then uh, I was taking a look at ADP here, and looks like Stefan Diggs is going um, right at the end of the first, early second, and then Josh Allen is is more towards the end of the third. Um, would you guys think about stacking those two in redraft this year uh, if they're going to keep that chemistry alive? Yeah. I mean, if you could get them at the turn, uh, second, third turn, I mean, I'd be smashing smashing that i mean that's a that's a huge hookup realistically after hill and mahomes that's probably the top stack you would want yeah it'd be fun i if you're taking josh with your third pick though you know you're giving up a lot of value at that spot i'd do it just because it'd be really sexy but <laughs> that's why and- i do it too. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to wait on that running back then if you smash that i mean Obviously, yeah. you could go like your first round running back, but yeah, that'd be tough. I mean, if I'm going to build a team full of daddies, I'm certainly taking Dix and Josh at the turn there. That's a solid draft yeah. strategy. All, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then one more question here: um, Is it finally going to be Dawson Knox season? Wow, that's a great question. I've been waiting on this for, for, you know, a couple years now, and I keep hoping it's going to happen. He's flashed. I know he had some injuries uh, early on in his career. Is this going to be a year that it all gets put together uh, uh, for him? I just, I don't know. There's so many mouths to feed. It's kind of like, you know, Kansas City is an incredible offense, but you really only want three pieces, I guess, three pieces in terms of quarterback wide receiver you only want those couple pieces. So I get worried that there's not enough volume for Knox to really stand out and be a top 10 tight end. Top 10, does that even mean anything anymore? But he has shown flashes. He, the dude, I feel like he can catch the most insane thing one handed off of his dome. Like, and then it goes right into the bread basket and he's like, I forgot how to play football. I don't, it's, it's up and down. So I hopefully, hopefully a year three, he can pull it together. That's when tight ends start to, to flourish. So I'm hoping so. I just, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes. That hurts my heart. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Way to go. Dustin has to take the rest of the episode off now, I think, I just to like recuperate from that dagger. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, 
Any last thoughts on, on Buffalo here before we move on? Yeah, we might as well twist a knife on Dustin. Zach Ertz will be the tight end of the Buffalo Bills. He will disappoint in fantasy, but he'll be yeah. a good NFL player. Uh, but Dawson Knox will be the tight end, too, in Buffalo by the time week one rolls around. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate uh, Zach Ertz there for real NFL reasons. I think that'd be a good move for him. Yeah, he'd be a great mentor. But last thing I'll say is go Bills. That's the last thing I'll say. <laughs> hey. All right. We will move on to the New England Patriots here. They finished. Oh, it's I gotta go. I'm sorry. I got gotta run. I, uh... <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. jealousy actually, does not look no. good on you. Get I'm actually well ready to talk Victoria. about. I'm actually ready to talk about. No, let's, me let's too. All about that. Let's, let's I'm just ready to bring some goddamn Patriots heat, and I'm here for it. I'm let's just joking. This. I'm excited. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> all right, so they finished a surprising third in the division after years on top. Um, twenty, actually, twenty, twenty years. Not not just wow. like a few years, twenty. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> so what? they, they no, lost. I was trying to. It was, it was it's called interjection, Jake. It is. It is called adding context. To the statement, it is. Oh, okay, gotcha. It was, it was, I, I apologize. Thought that, I thought I, as I thought as a guest, I was allowed to interject. I, if I'm supposed to sit here, I'm sorry, I'm on mute. Oh, God. My no, my thes- my thesaurus is clearly just incorrect, and that's on me. Really, that's truly my bad. So I will get it updated for the next show, so that we don't. Okay, just just, just wanted just wanted to make sure I was staying within the rules. Go ahead, Dustin. I yeah. apologize. Twenty. No, no, it was, it was twenty twenty years. Twenty years we were on top. Thank you for uh, keeping me on track there. Oh, and by the way, we we did go to Super Bowl in 97 as well. So it wasn't like we were just on top for 20 years. Um, But sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. All right. So they lost this offseason Rex Burkhead and Demir Bird. That's tough. But they brought in Jonu Smith, Mm -hmm. Hunter Henry, Mm -hmm. Nelson Aguilar, and Mm -hmm. Kendrick Bourne. Uh And then in the draft. Can you imagine if the Bills had one of those tight ends? But God, no, that's cool. Continue. Oh, stop it! I wanted Jonu so bad. I this is I why I don't watch it. film on players because I watch. You know so what's funny is, is like, we have the top it. two tight ends in the East. Yeah, and we then... know that. Daddy. <laughs> 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 okay, sorry to interrupt. I was interjecting again. My, my apologies. And then. Took their quarterback of the future here mm-hmm. in round one with Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. And then round four drafted uh, another running back in Ramondre Stevenson. Uh-huh. And round seven, uh, another wide receiver where they tend to draft wide receivers. Trey Nixon. Yeah. Uh, Trey Nixon. Yep. That, yeah, that's where we get um, little white people that um, we think can catch football. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But that's what we do. It's our thing. Little white yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Little ones. Tiny. Teeny, tiny. <laughs> we. They're We. We, we, uh, <laughs> they're very we <laughs> so uh i'm expecting more out of the patriots this year um mm-hmm. if i can interject here for a moment uh, their their, de- their defense was uh just uh, uh basically Weird. sat out all last season mm-hmm. which i think really hurt them mm-hmm. and obviously cam having covid i think uh slowed down him and that offense, especially at the beginning of the year. So I actually expect the Patriots to turn it around here a little bit. Uh, but Mike, why don't you uh, wax poetically about your Patriots? Sure, sure. So let, let's just re- get right out of the gate here uh, with you know some of Daddy's takes. Number one, I actually don't think that Cam Newton makes the roster. Oh, uh, that that's ooh, my first take. Nah. I think that Cam Newton, if you look at his contract, the way he's it is structured, and when you look at the offense that they're looking to go towards, uh, I think the reason why they signed Brian Hoyer is because they believe he's a more capable and a better suited backup for Mac Jones 
than Cam Newton is. So I, I think that Cam Newton, when you look at the respect that Bill Belichick has for him, I think when they're going away from him, they're going to give him a chance to pick up with another team. And I want that. I love Cam Newton, by the way. I absolutely love him. Great leader and everything like that. But what they did was they drafted the best quarterback to come out of Alabama in years in Mac Jones, uh, according to Miami Dolphins wide receiver Jalen Waddell, uh, that Mac Jones is the best quarterback to come out of Alabama in the past few years. So that is cool. We have that going for us. Uh, on top of that, uh, realistically, what you have is you have a team that's going to be built around defense. It is pretty much like the exact opposite of what I said about Zach Wilson. You have the opposite of a first-time head coach in the top coach in NFL history in Bill Belichick. Uh, what you have is rather than Chris Herndon, a tight end, you have two of the most capable tight ends <laughs> in football. You have an outstanding offensive line, and you have a defense that's going to keep you in every game. And all they did was add to that stud defense, both with the return of our in middle linebacker, and Dante Hightower with the addition of Matt Judon, uh, with the second year coming into play of the missile, Kyle Duggar. Uh, this team is built to play smash mouth, grind it out football. Then what you have is you have my favorite late round target uh, running back in Damian Harris, and you have the most underrated fantasy wide receiver that you're going to find in Nelson Aguilar. Uh, look at his numbers. Spectacular. Besides the guy who was talking about dropping babies in Philly, if you can put that outside of your mind, Nelson Aguilar was spectacular. <laughs> Which I can't, by the way, yeah. Mike, and I never will. Now we can't. We just forgot, and now we remind <laughs> But when you put that together with the pinpoint accuracy of Mac Jones, I think he's actually been drafted into the perfect situation for a quarterback to thrive in, which is realistically everything you want for a rookie and everything that you saw Tom Brady coming up with, which is not having to win the game on his own, not running for his life. He's really set up in a position where I think that he could start week one and start to accelerate his growth really early on. And to be quite honest, if he's not starting week one, I don't love the pick because you drafted him as the most NFL ready quarterback. So I think they're going to surprise. I do think they get a wild card spot. I think they take second in the East because they're a very well-rounded football team. And what they've put together is exactly what this offense needs, which is underneath targets, Aguilar on the outside, Janu and Hunter Henry doing their thing. I mean, realistically, what else could you want? from an offense in front of the defense that I think will challenge Buffalo as the top defense in the division. I think they're that one good. running back. Can we just make, can they have one running back that we they, don't always have to go through this fucking week to week dance with of like who to put in they're, from a real life they're, football they're, perspective. They're, I know it's great. They're clear as day. They have David Harris yeah. as their running back. They have James White as their third down back. And they have Stevenson as a guy who is going to take a limited amount of snaps, but was brought on as a capable and willing special teamer, which is how he's going to get on the field year one for Bill Belichick. He is a guy you might want to invest in long term, but isn't going to get a ton of run year one. This is a clear cut hierarchy. The only thing you're looking at when you're talking about what decision do we make is which tight end do we pick for me for NFL is John Smith. 
For fantasy, though, Hunter Henry is the guy you want this year. What? What? Is this a touchdown-related comment, or is this something else? This is a touchdown-related comment. This is realistically what Belichick sees in Hunter Henry. This is the guy he's been targeting for years. And when you look at the route tree he's going to run, we look at the position that he's going to play. He is going to take the Gronkowski role, where you're going to have John who play more of the Hernandez role. So it's going to be a 1-1-A. I think John Smith is a better athlete. I think Jonah Smith, the better football player. But when I think when the way you're going to utilize them and how they're going to be playing, I think what you're going to see is a lot of clearing out for Henry to come over. And that's what they're, that's what the play is going to be. I think Hunter Henry is the better fantasy play. So I am, that's who I'm taking. Uh, not as an NFL player though, as a fantasy relevant play. Hunter Henry's going to be like, my groin. And then John will be the top tight end. I'll, I'll <laughs> say this. Well, that's exactly how he's going to say it. Okay. Uh, I, exactly I disagree I with a lot of things that Mike said. I won't dwell too long on it. Oh, but yeah. I you think can be, I, you can be wrong at all you no, want. Pat, Pats are going to finish third in the division. Mm-hmm. You, you, you hyping up Nelson Aguilar a little too much, man. You got to slow down. <laughs> oh, no, we're, oh, we're, 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 we're going we're gonna to get to your team, friend. We are oh, yeah. Get they, to all our wide receivers are better than Nelson Aguilar, but okay. Well, which one? What do you mean, which one? Okay. Okay. Which one? Your, 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 your punt returner or walking injuries, Vontae Parker? Which oh, one? no, no worry. We're about to talk about him. I'm ready. Or Will Fuller, who's going to be looking for the ball. going to fall 12 yards short. Okay. I'm ready. Let's do it. Oh, I, I knew I should have brought my ball. Transition hard. now. Now <laughs> I need this. I need this Miami play right now. Like I need. No, say what you need to say about the about the uh, Patriots, Troy. But then I want to move right into the Dolphins. Nah, I, I want know, this I'll, beat. No, no, no. I, I might mention them in my Dolphins segment, but don't worry, Mike. I, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> No, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Your own wide receiver <laughs> said that Mac Jones is better. No, no, no. You want, this got awkward. No, you want, no, what I want to say, time out. Look, okay. <laughs> one thing about Mac, the reason why Waddle said that, right, is because one, he, it was before he was even drafted to Miami, right? So what's he going to say? Oh, the guy I just played for sucks or he's worse? He's not going to say that. Why would he ever say that? He just played for him. So he's not going to be, oh, two is better. Mm-hmm. Or just like Devonta Smith, he's not gonna say, "Oh, two is better." They just played with him. They were playing with him, like, "Oh, okay." Like, obviously, they're going to favor his side. And this is pre-draft, so you're not gonna talk about, "Oh, your previous quarterback before him." So you you taking that a little too seriously. I'm just saying. <laughs> you could have said they're very different. You could have said they're 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 both very capable quarterbacks. Instead, they're both yeah. like Mac Jones. Mac Jones. <laughs> no, no, I didn't, I didn't say Mac, jo- Mac Jones is fine. He's Mac fine. Jones. Yeah, oh Mac Jones God. is fine. All right, we're going to talk about the Dolphins. I have a lot to say. Oh, I thought you had more to say than that. Shit. No, I'm, I'm about to talk about the Dolphins first. They're more important. He wants to get into positivity about the Dolphins. Let's, let's talk about the team that's trying to the win Patriots. their first title in 50 years. We might as well. Mm-hmm. They've been waiting for a while. We were talking about the Patriots for 20 years. Let's talk about the Dolphins. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. But that's no, the guy. Hold on, but in, in, in fairness, you guys have hosted the Super Bowl a bunch of times, which is cool. Thank you for that. We had a fun time playing in your stadium. <laughs> That's the biggest dick comment I've ever heard in this entire run of this podcast, by the way. Dear God. Dear God. Fundamentally broken. Oh, have you been to four in a row and lost them all? Have you? 
Okay, let's Woo. get to it. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's talk do this. We can close this out. Come on. All right. So <laughs> the Dolphins finished second last year in division at 10 and 6. Uh, they lost in the offseason Ryan Fitzpatrick and Matt Breida. They brought in Will Fuller, Jacoby Brissett, and Malcolm Brown. And then in the draft, as we've discussed, round one, Jalen Waddell. Round three, tight end Hunter Long. And in round seven, Jared Dokes. Um, so Dokes. Troy, take it away. <sighs> okay, where do I begin? Okay, so one, Dolphins going to be finished in second, right? So a couple of different reasons. Dolphins defense is better than the Patriots defense, despite all the opt-outs. So I just want to say that first. All right. And then besides that, so Tua. Yes, everybody wants to hate on Tua. Oh, he sucks. He's this and that, right? So look, Tua, let's talk about all the factors, right? Obviously, he's a rookie who was coming off a serious injury, no offseason. He had his moments, right? And the thing is, there's plenty of times where he did not look great in that offense, right? We know about Ryan Fitzpatrick being reliever. But we also have to think about the people that he was throwing to, right? Jakeem Grant and Matt Collins were some of our starting wide receivers for periods of the time. If anybody had those two guys as your starting wide receiver, you're not going to look good either. I'm sorry, right? So that's so I got to mention that. People are forgetting. I'm not saying that Tua, look, Tua had his moments where he did not look good. So I'm not going to excuse him for that. But at the same time, he showed enough promise where people are already trying to call him a bust. That's absolutely ridiculous, right? He's an NFL rookie who hasn't even played a full season this year. Obviously, we got Will Fuller. We already know how, you know, how great Will Fuller is. We're expecting him to actually hopefully be healthy. You know, last year, you know, had a little bit of help. We've heard staying healthy. I don't know if he needs, I don't know what he needs to do, but I'm not saying he should take those things, but he needs to find some way to stay healthy. So obviously he's going to help stretch out the offense. Jalen Waddle, he's a yak monster. So whether we're going to throw to him deep or we're going to throw to him short, he's going to take the ball. That's what we also need, right? Tua needs not just be thrown deep. He needs guys who can actually create yards after the catch. We didn't have a lot of that last year. So now Devontae Parker, and I think Devontae Parker is actually going to have a really good year because it's not just going to be him. So I think that he's going to benefit a lot from these additions as well. And I expected us to draft a running back, but you know what? Miles Gaskin, he proved to be extremely capable. So I think there's going to be kind of like a one-two punch with him and Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown, he's more of a big body guy. He's probably going to be the short yardage running back. But overall, I expect that Tua is going to take a significant step forward. I have him as QB 20, right? So I'm not going to go crazy and like say he's going to be a QB one or anything. I think that I believe he's actually going to be a better real life quarterback than fantasy quarterback. That's just my personal opinion. And I'm going to ruin it for the guy. If anyone doesn't see the jersey, I'm rocking his jersey right now. But I'm very optimistic about the Dolphins. You know, I, I think we're going to get a wild card spot. I think that we're going to be good enough. The whole core, the whole code court offensive coordinator thing I don't like very much. I hope we, you know, actually decide on one person to be our offensive coordinator. That's probably my only negative. With Mike Gusecki, hopefully we use him like, you know, out of the slot. Like, you know, but the problem is like, you know, Preston Williams, I don't think he's going to be a thing for any Preston. I, I like Preston Williams. He's not going to be a thing anymore. What else can I say? Hunter Long, he was obviously a pick. I don't think he's really going to do anything his rookie year, but he might be next year. Mike Gusecki's contract is up. So maybe we move on from him. Then Hunter Long might be someone you want to look at. Huh. I think that's everything. But we're we going to be much better. I think we're going to be much better this year. But yeah, Patriots getting number three and all that. So yeah. 
Detroit. I think their entire season would have been remedied last year if they would just have fed Albert Wilson more. I mean, I think that was their (laughs) one-stop solution to a great season. And they didn't do it, and that's my big qualm with them. But it is what it is. (laughs) Because he opted out, but that too. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know. I would think I'd research this show or something. He was so passionate about it. I just wanted to let him finish. Oh, like, no, also- before I tell you that you're an, you're an idiot, I do want you to get all of the words out of your get mouth. It all out. Just make sure we expand the time you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, Troy, I want to ask you about uh, Jared Dokes as the resident uh, Dolphins homer here. Because uh, we talked about this last week on our show. In, in my uh, one QB league rookie draft, he was drafted at the 109 in this draft and I had never heard of them before. So I, I just want to know if there's some sort of uh, uh sleeper or, or some sort of news that, that I need to know about this guy. Uh, lay it on me. Nope. Okay. So here, look, so <laughs> whoever one Oh nine is absolutely ridiculous and horrible value. Whoever did that. I'm sorry. Bill. You, you wasted your pick at one Oh nine. Look, cause Jared Dokes, he's, the problem is that everyone's expecting him, and there are people who think that he's going to take Miles Gaskin's job. Miles Gaskin's an outlier, right? He earned that job. And again, people think that people can just pull off a Miles Gaskin or James Robinson. That's not just going to happen, right? He's a big body guy and he looked good, but he might not even beat out like Malcolm Brown as like the second RB on the team, right? Or, you know, and also Ahmed, Ahmed, like he's still on the team. He's shown to be very capable. He's so he, you're looking at maybe our RB4, right? Hopefully, you know, it's exciting to talk about, you know, new rookies, big body rookies. Oh, he showed a little bit of flash in college, but I think people need to slow their role. I don't think he's going to get any significant playing time unless, again, he pulls a Miles Gaskin, which is not the norm. So I I like him. I mean, I hope he ends up being something, but I think that whoever took him at 109, I think you're going to regret that pick. Big regrets, honey. Wow, yeah, that's like like three rounds early. Yeah, three rounds exactly. I was thinking like early fourth, late third, earliest, even like third is early for him. But yeah, (laughs) I'm sorry, whoever, whoever, I'm sorry, whoever did it. I mean, good for me because it pushed value down the board, so I I was okay with it. But I just wanted to get your opinion on him. So, um. Who, who, who is going to be the number one receiver out of this group? Is it going to be Waddle as the new uh, hotness in town, or is it going to be Parker? I know you said Parker is going to have a good season, but is Fuller actually going to stay healthy, and is he going to produce? Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure how this is all going to shake out here. To be honest, Wait, Troy, I, I need no. to ask you, though, because if you're about to say Fuller, is that if that was what you're going to say, can Tua get the ball? Down there where Fuller is. You know what I'm saying? I'm worried. For audio only listeners, she pointed very far away. Far. In no All the way. I'm just kidding. I like Tua. I think he was written off way too soon. I think he'll be just fine this year. And I just want to hear your thoughts on Fuller specifically, too. Fuller is actually not the guy I was going to choose. I actually wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't. Here's the thing, right? So there's, there's two parts to this. I think the most heavily targeted wide receiver, I think, could still be Devontae Parker. I think people are just leaving him for dead for whatever reason because we brought these additions in. And obviously last year, he wasn't great. But 
in the games he was playing in, right, where he was fully healthy, he was one of the target leaders on the team. And honestly, he has a little bit of rapport with Tua. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was the target guy. But in terms of overall, who's going to be the best fantasy? Because the thing about Fuller and Waddle is that they don't need a lot of targets in order to produce for fantasy. So I think that's what it's going to be. I don't know if anyone on the team is going to be a target hog. I think that, I think in terms of number one guy, I think Will Fuller might be the, I think might score the most fantasy points, but in terms of like overall targets per game, I think it could be Parker. Okay. I I hated the Will Fuller signing. I don't like the pairing in Miami. I don't like the fit. Oh, I love it. I I don't, I don't (laughs) like the fit for Fuller. You might like it for Miami. I don't like it for Fuller. I think there are a (laughs) lot of places he could have gone. I was hoping he was paired with like Winston or someone like that, a big arm guy. Uh, but I do will agree with you since I gave you enough enough guff to show. Uh, <laughs> Devontae Parker is Devontae Parker is wildly underrated uh, for fantasy. I, I think that he's a guy who I've been snatching up everywhere late. He is incredibly talented, and I do think he'll be the wide receiver one again. I think Waddle is as talented as he is. I think he needs a little more polish uh, for the NFL game. I, I think he's a little looser. He's you know. Basically, he's like the athletic, whereas Devonta Smith is like that smooth route runner. So I think Waddle maybe a year before he takes over the wide receiver one. So I think he can get sneaky, decent production out of uh, Parker this year. Basically, what you're trying to say is draft Fuller and Waddle and Bust Ball. And no, don't draft the bowler at all. And uh, yeah, I love that. They're they're better in best ball because I don't know what game they're going to be good in. Exactly. Did you just subtweet live on our podcast? The whole thing that you got two and a half of Twitter. I subtweeted the whole fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is an amazing way to to end this uh, Mm -hmm. amazing end of our divisional breakdown. I don't think there could be a better finishing statement. Let's put it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my God. Yeah, I agree. So thank you all so much for coming on the show. Uh, if for all of our listeners out there, if you're not following them on Twitter, you are doing things wrong because they're all excellent follows. Uh, it brings me so much joy when, when their content comes across my timeline. So uh, if, if you haven't checked them out, please do. Um, we've got to get out of here. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you all for uh, coming on the show. Uh, really, really appreciate it helping us close out our divisional breakdown series. Uh, you guys always have an open invitation to come back on the show because uh, you are your content and your, your insight is just incredible. Um, so, Jake, uh, before we get out of here, uh, why don't we uh, tell everyone where they can find you? You can find me at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter doing stupid shit all the time. And uh, one more time around the horn for these guys. <laughs> At FFB Victoria, thank you so much for having me, guys. Just for the fighting that happened between my two dudes, that was this needs to be all over Twitter, blast all over Twitter. Entertainment value 100. <laughs> hey, this has been such a fun episode, guys. And everyone, you can find me at T King Mode on Twitter. I'm also on TikTok. You can check me out there. Always a blast. I absolutely love the shows you guys know. Uh, love hanging out with my friends, Victoria and Troy, two of the best to do it. I absolutely had a blast tonight at Daddy's Home FF. If you want to hear any more of my nonsense, if you want fantasy football advice, follow the other two because I just <laughs> spit straight trash all day, every day, and have fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you can find our show at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. And you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FF.
drunk, 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 drunk,